It's Golden Hour Adventure Time, featuring everyday people doing extraordinary things. From the peaks of victory to the valleys of defeat, these are their stories. Now, from the back of the pack, your hosts, Justin and Robbie. Welcome to Golden Hour Adventures. Today, we have, you guys know it already, a special guest. Well, uh, this guest is a really good friend of mine. Um, She is a trail running badass. Uh, she's completed multiple hundred mile races. Um, we've ran some of the races together and she's here to, uh, walk you through her recent hundred mile finish, the Bighorn 100. Jess Walhoff, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I did not butcher that. Did I? No, that was pretty oh, good. I got it right. I got it right. <laughs> yeah. I I'm terrible sometimes with names. So, um, you have to excuse was- me. <laughs> I always think it's the easiest Dutch name and people still still get it wrong. So yeah, yeah. Mine's one of those that you think you know how to pronounce it, and then when you actually say it, it's wrong. So yeah, it's it's not pronounced how it sounds. So yeah, but I kind of just go with the flow most of the time. <laughs> well, let's hear about you. Um, when did when did you get into running? How did you get into running? Let's let's hear your 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 journey into it. Um, well, I got into running my last semester of college. Um, I didn't run growing up. I mean, I played all the sports. Um, My brother and sister were collegiate, all-American, NAIA um, champs and all of that stuff in track and field. Um, I threw the shot put in high school. Nice. Nice. Um, But yeah, I was an exercise science major. So um, the last semester of college, I took exercise testing and prescription and we had to do a vo2 max test on a treadmill so um i didn't want to die awful (laughs) (laughs) yeah it wasn't as bad as it i thought it was going to be i didn't want to die in front of everybody so i started kind of training for that and i started running half a mile on the indoor track and i'm like oh that felt okay um so i went back and did it the next day and i just do that like four or five days a week and build at at a lap every every week and um, turned out I liked running. So my VO2 max test didn't turn out um, because you have your, the contraption is like in your face um, and then just a mouthpiece. And so you use like a paper clip or paper uh, clothespin on your nose. And um, I have a short stubby nose and the clothespin came off. So oh. my, my results were inconclusive. Oh, so, well. Luckily, we have all these fancy data things that we wear on our wrist that somewhat measure our VO2 max. (laughs) (laughs) So you don't have to go in and run on a treadmill and clothespin your nose anymore. (laughs) I'm sure that's very, uh, very accurate compared to what we wear on our wrist, though. Yeah. So what what year was this, if you don't mind revealing your age here? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Um, that would have been in January of 2012. Oh, okay, cool. Oh, so you've been running for quite a few years then. Yeah, yep. I graduated college and then um, actually the day I graduated, I went on a four mile run. Nice. And I was really proud of that run. Awesome. Uh, And where did you you go to college? uh, Northwestern in Orange City, Iowa. Oh, okay, cool. They have a little trail to the tiny town of Alton. um, And so it's a two mile out and two miles out, two miles back and um, I ran that whole thing without stopping. So I was super ha- happy that's, about that. That's awesome. That's awesome. And uh, were you a trail runner, like from the get go, you know, after you no, hit that trail? I, or? 
So I wouldn't really consider it a trail. It's more of like that rails to trailers, crushed limestone flats. So, okay. um, but then I moved home, um, lived on the farm, worked on the farm, um, for a couple of years and, uh, continued my running on the gravel roads. Now where's so, home? Um, it is Southwest Minnesota, this tiny town of Edgerton. So, okay. um, yeah. Um, so yeah, grew up on the gravel roads. So, um, when I started running on like actual pavement, I'm like, Oh, this is so easy compared to. Gravel <laughs> <road>. <laughs> well, uh, what was your first like big major race? Um, so the first race I actually ran was um, in my hometown. Um, we have our Dutch festival and I ran the 5k. Um, and I did that in 2013. Um, and my goal was hopefully a nine minute average. Cause I thought that was a respectable average. And, um, I ended up placing fourth female, which isn't like huge. Cause we had probably like maybe 10, 15 women running the whole thing. So, but I was fourth female and I finished, um, I ran half the race and finished right behind a girl who ran, um, high school cross country. Not that she was like the fastest runner out there, but I'm like, Hey, this girl has run a lot of five Ks and I she, hung with her. She's got credentials. <laughs> so, yeah. Right. So and I think I had about an eight thirty average for that. So I was super Perfect. happy. That's awesome. So, I'm okay at this. <laughs> so so how do we transition from training from a vo2 max running your first four miler and then your first 5k race to running a hundred miles on what is probably one of the harder races in the u.s a couple years later it's been a very slow and gradual transition into insanity is probably what it is <laughs> i like that i like that into insanity yeah that's it's super like every fun. every year i just like okay what's the next goal so i'd go 10k the next year half marathon marathon um in 2016 and then i think 2017 the new thing i did was a, a triathlon um 2018 i did a half ironman and i did my first 50k and then so 2019 first 50 mile what was your first 50k? Uh, that would be Black Hills. Okay. So the Black yeah. Hills. Um, and for you guys that are listening, which is everyone, because no one can see uh, except for me and Robbie, uh, <laughs> she has a cool little, uh, I wouldn't say it's little, it's actually pretty large, but a skull yeah. on the back of her wall. Uh, you want to explain that? So that is Sally. Um, <laughs> she has Sally. Name. Sally. <laughs> Um, so with, yeah, the black Hills, uh, 100, um, they have four distances, the 30 K 50 K 50 mile, hundred mile. Um, if you complete all four distances, they'll give you a skull. So, um, I kind of did it. I did 50 K 50 mile, hundred mile. And then, um, last year in 2022, I went for my little walk in the park to get the 30 K and, and Sally. I wouldn't say a 30 K is a walk in the park. It's still. 18 miles on trails that's uh that's that's still a respectable distance but you you earned that so congrats that's uh that's Thanks. super awesome i remember i was there last year when you got it and i remember how happy you were <laughs> it's just like you just like wouldn't let it get out of your yeah. your hand you're holding it the whole time it was super cool and then you even My buckled baby. it in the car and yep she had the seatbelts <laughs> on the way home <laughs> So we met, I think, um, a couple months before the Black Hills 100 in 2021. 
was the yeah. was the Black Hills 100 your first 100 miler? Yes. Um, my first official, um, I had two. So I was signed up to do Black Hills 100 in 2020. Um, and that obviously got canceled with COVID. But, you know, for what, two months there, we didn't know if it was going to happen or not. So I needed something to train for. So I created a backup plan. And then so when Black Hills 100 was canceled, um, I'm like, okay, backup plan and kind of got my family on board with it because um, we were all going to be out in the hills anyway. And that was to try around the whole Mickelson Trail, which is about 110 miles from um, that time. I was trying to go from Edgemont all the way up to Deadwood. And I made it just past um, Custer. So got to the mountain. That's the name of the trailhead, which is 50 miles. And it was a hot day. It was a really hot weekend. So we were mm -hmm. lucky that it was canceled, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> I probably wouldn't have done too well. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I said, that's enough of that. So um, that was my first attempt at trying to go the distance. So okay. 50 miles and called it. So the next year when you, when you ran the actual race, um, how, how was it? How was the, how was your first attempt at a hundred? Um, so first attempt at an actual hundred was much, much smoother. Well, <laughs> I don't know if I can say smoother, but it was, <laughs> it was mostly fun. <laughs> Um, it went mostly according to plan until it didn't. So um, it seems about most races. Yeah. You know, it felt great. And then all of a sudden at mile, what, 45, I'm throwing up for no reason. Um, but I felt fine. So double fist some sandwiches on the way out and say, okay, we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> I remember we ran the first seven together. I would say more than seven. We probably ran the first eight or nine together. Yeah. And then I had to stop for uh, a side trail and I never saw yeah. you again. <laughs> no. Yeah. We, we went under, we went under nine, I-90 together. You said you were going to step off and I'm like, okay, how long does it take for a guy to go to the bathroom? And I never saw you again. Like even <laughs> it's an out and back trail and I need, I never saw you in the dark either. It so. was, I think it was literally a 20 second stop and then that was it. That was, yeah. you know, <laughs> well, that's awesome. Um, well, the reason I wanted to have you on is because of your Bighorn race last year and your Bighorn race this year. Um, do you want to go through and tell us a little bit about um, the Bighorn 2022? Sure. Yeah. Bighorn 2022. Um, training went really good for that. Um, as much as a flat lander can train, we don't have much. We don't, we don't have any elevation out here. We're at about 15 to 1700 feet above sea level. So um, all I can do is pretty much run up and down this ski hill, which is a whole 200 feet of gain in about a quarter mile. And, and you don't only hill. run up it, you I like, mean, I, you, you I, do I, like I 30 it. miles of it. <laughs> Not quite, but. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen some of your Strava data. I'm like, oh my gosh. I try to find elevation where I can. It's, it's hard. <laughs> Um, but yeah, training went good, but then yeah, getting into the race, um, all of a sudden it was going to be like a hundred degrees that day. Yep. Which I'm like, well, we just go and do what we can. And heat is not my friend. At least it's not humid. Humidity yeah, is it's my a dry heat. Either, but, you know, it's not humid in the mountains. So just had to contend with the sun, which, um, that's what got me in the end. But yeah, the race went good. Cause yeah, I was with you up until, um, upper, upper sheep. So that's what, seven and a half, eight miles in. Yeah. 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 I think, uh, 
Well, here's a funny story. We also, uh, Jess and I had planned to run the first 50 together and we get to seven miles. And once again, I have to use a bathroom or I, I don't remember what happened. Something happened. And I was like, I'll catch up to you. And I never, I never saw her again until I think mile 50 or 60. <laughs> I think, I think I saw you at Sally's right before you threw up. Yep. Yep. Um, <laughs> I got out of there right before you did that. But, but yeah. Like, where's Justin? He should be right behind me. Cause yeah, I struggled. So, um, I mean, I shared my sunscreen with you at that aid station. So, you yeah. know, I put sunscreen on, Oh yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> which, um, I actually felt pretty good in the heat. Um, I think the one issue that happened was, um, got to dry fork. That was fine. The aid station after that Kern's cow camp, I was more concerned about finding a place to pee without the children seeing me, um, <laughs> than drinking more water. Cause my goal was drink 16 ounces of, of water, like refill my water, drink 16 ounces and then refill it again and get out of there. And I didn't drink the 16 ounces cause I needed to pee. So, yeah. um, forgot to do that. Had my waters refilled though. And then I get out of there and all of a sudden, um, I feel not so great cause a little behind on fluid intake so when you get to that um that spring the water coming out of the pipe oh yeah probably yeah what four miles later or so that was a godsend um, oh my God. <laughs> i probably spent 10 minutes there i like took like a, a bath in it. Yeah, pretty much <laughs> pretty much um so i really needed that when we got to that and i i don't know how many how much water i drank but i drank a lot of water um yeah, and then I got down to Sally's and I felt great at Sally's. Um, I, my crew, Jeff and Justin, or Jeff and, um, I'm going to forget his name, you, Victor. Victor. Jeff and Victor. I'm just going to name names. Jeff and Victor <laughs> met me at Sally's. And um, I didn't plan on picking up a pacer until Jaws. And so they had been waiting for me there and they saw like a lot of people coming in looking like crap just because of the heat. And they're like, Oh, Victor, you should maybe get ready to go just in case but I came in and they're like, dang, she looks good. And they didn't want to ruin my mojo or anything and send Victor off with me. Um, so they didn't even propose it, but you know, I'm like, Oh, 2020 hindsight. Like if you think I should have a pacer, send him with me. Cause yeah, I'll take him yeah. company anytime. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you don't know. So, and I felt great and left there and like probably four or five miles down the road, all of a sudden I hit a wall and I just like could not come back from it. Like I just kept walking and like, you know, eventually this will wear off, eat some food, but then I would have to sit down to eat the food. Like I just couldn't stand or walk and sip a gel or anything. So, um, and it was still feeling warm. Like I'm running around in just my sports bra yet. Um dipping my arm sleeves in all the water and that um got up to jaws i don't think i took too much time there i know i walked into the tent and the guys are like hey we got a chair set up back here for you and it's a heated tent because it's probably like 30 40 degrees up there um and i step in and I'm like oh this is way too hot i feel way too nauseous right away so we got a chair right by the the entrance there so we could take care of things in um and that should have maybe been a sign um but yeah we took off from there with with my pacer victor start going and i think i ended up putting my jacket on for maybe a mile and then i'm like nope i'm too hot this needs to come off again um i slipped and fell in the mud and then i 
purposely rolled into a snowbank to make a snow angel. So I said, Hey, (laughs) I'm going to make a snow angel. And I'm like, I'm I'm close enough. We're just going to make that snow angel. There was a lot of snow last year. There was zero. Yeah, you were up there this year. There was yeah, nothing up there. No snow this year. Just all mud. Um, <laughs> just a little bit of mud. Um, but yeah, um, nothing. I thought, you know, going downhill, it was going to get better. And it just didn't get better on the way to Sally's. Like I couldn't move. I was probably, gosh, I was doing maybe like a 25 minute mile walking downhill. Hmm. So and I felt like this rash on my back or something. I thought it was chafe or something. Um, and it didn't feel good. I'm like, well, we'll take care of that, you know, when I get to Sally's. And um, 50 milers start running past you, see a couple of friends that stop and say hi. Um, there's one lady, friend Nancy from Sioux Falls doing the 50. She catches up and she's like, oh, Jess, you're back. And I'm like, oh, we don't have to discuss it. I can feel it's not feeling great back there. We don't have to talk about that. <laughs> um, when I get to Sally's, I miss cut off by one minute. Oh no. Um, and they were like, Oh, you know, you can run across the bridge real quick. Your crew can take you crew you from there and then you can keep on going. But, um, I just knew medically I wasn't fit and fit to go, um, because I had to stop and sit down a few times. Cause I felt like I was going to pass out. Um, and then I wanted a medic to look at my back, whatever was going on back there. Yeah. Um, yeah, bless- uh, Victor had said, Oh yeah, you should, there's a blister back there. So, um, so yeah, I had him take a picture of it, show it to me and had the medic look at it. And she's like, did you get in poison Ivy? I'm like, no, couldn't figure it out. We realized it was third degree sunburn Um, on my back. Yeah. I remember Um, seeing pictures. It just looked, Oh, it looked awful. Yeah. Just on my lower back. So I did really good with the sunscreen on my shoulders and my face and I had pigtails in. So on my part, Mm -hmm. um, that was all good. I just forgot to do my midsection a couple of times because I was just in a sports bra. So, um, yeah, got third degree sunburn, which then causes heat exhaustion, which is also, which is why I hit a wall and just couldn't recover. So, yep. Yep. So lesson learned sunscreen everywhere. I think, um, I don't remember what aid station it was, but that's where I saw. I mean, I saw you at Jaws, but you left before I did. And then I didn't see you again until whatever that spring marsh. Spring marsh. Yeah. So I don't remember what mileage that is, but 60 something, I think is where I saw you. Yeah. And I believe that's, I believe that's, I, cause I, I mean, you you know my story, but I (laughs) felt like crap going up and my crew actually made the decision to put a pacer in on the way up to Sally's. And Mm -hmm. I, I think that that's what saved my race was having a pacer going up to Sally's because God, I was just the way you were feeling coming down is the way I was feeling going up. And so, but I was, you know, eating and recovering. And then once I got up there, it it was, it was game on on the way back. And so I was feeling, I felt great the rest of the race, but yeah, I, um, that sun was hot that year. Oh, it was bad. Yeah. I can't even imagine. I don't know. I don't know how I would have been able to do day two out there in that sun. Cause it wasn't even any better on day two. I don't think it was, I think it was worse. Actually. I think it was worse the yeah. second day. The, um, the cutoff from Sally's to, um, back to dry fork. Do you think you would have made that if you'd have kept going oh, or no, no. I mean, even this year in a, like when you're feeling good and it's not hot, that was a hard cutoff to make. And I had like two hours of cushion yet. Yeah. 
Yeah, that was uh that's a tough one. That got a lot of people and I, I witnessed it this year and I was just like thinking back, like, I mean, I, I think I came in last year, 30 minutes to spare. So, you know, and, and my brain wasn't even contemplating that was 30 minutes, but yeah, it's like, I realize now how hard of a cutoff that is to that aid station. But I think once you make it to that aid station, like you have so much time to make it to the finish, but yeah, that that's yeah. a, that's a tough cutoff, but yeah, rightfully so. Well, hey, walk us through, uh, walk us through your redemption. Redemption. Well, it wasn't a hundred degrees this year. You know, people ask, they're like, so what are you going to do different? And I'm like, well, it's not going to be a hundred degrees. That's the plan. But, yeah. um, I actually did a little bit more heat training. So I sat in a sauna and all that fun stuff would run, um, somewhere between 10 o'clock and five o'clock, um, during the day to get some heat training in, um, or I would say work on my tan lines too. So, you know, no more third degree sunburn. <laughs> did you choose to run in a sports brawl this year? I mean, obviously uh, you ran a sports brawl, but did you have a shirt? I can't remember. Um, day one, I had a tank top on and okay. then day two, I thought I had a tank top at Sally's, but I didn't. So I'm like, well, screw it. I guess I'm wearing a sports bra. And I just told my pacer, I'm like, remind me to put sunscreen on everywhere. <laughs> that is right. Cause I remember seeing you come across the finish line. Yeah, that is right. Oh, I, I ruined the story. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> well, it's redemption. Everybody knows I finished. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, training went, I mean, okay. Is You know, sometimes you're, you always wish you could do more, something more better. I don't know. But training went okay otherwise. Um, the biggest thing I worked on in training, though, was eating. Um, so I did a lot of uh running with Andy, who he had on earlier, and she's finished over 10 or 1100 miles. Mm -hmm. um, and she always eats something every 30 minutes. So in running with Andy, it's like Andy eats, I eat. So mm -hmm. just work on getting fuel down and getting the stomach used to it, because I've never been the best at eating. Um, and I feel like, yeah, if you can eat food, you feel better throughout the rest of the race. So how much of a difference did you think that made this year? Um, I was never nauseous during this race and I, I ate every time uh, my pacer told me to. So, um, <laughs> yeah. And yeah, never felt nauseous. Everything went down fine. So um, I think that was pretty huge. Yeah. Just to have the energy to keep going. So, yeah. yeah I always say that there's uh if you, if you get in a bind or you're, you're bonking the, the two things that can get you out of it most of the time are eating and time. Yeah. Just takes time so. and food that'll, that'll pull you out. But. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. Um, once the race, well, race wise, um, we were like the last people on the bus. We were one of the last <laughs> buses. Um, so finally get there like what, 15 minutes before the race starts and frantically find a, a bathroom. And then I still don't have my bib pinned on yet. I find Andy when I get out and pin my bib on and, uh, throw some stuff at her husband just to give back to my pacer. Cause my, my pacer had a jump in on a business meeting, work meeting. So he didn't come to the start. Um, wouldn't see him until Sally's. So, um, fortunate to have no enough people out there to help me get to that point. So, yeah, yeah. um, yeah, I found Andy and then found Chris from the black Hills at the start. So we all started out together and, um, you know, you hit singles track and you start to disperse, but we caught each other at, um, that first age station, lower sheep, just to refill our waters for the climb. And I grabbed an orange there, I think. And, 
um, started out with them and then quickly lost them because I'm not the fastest climber in the world. Um, I know my pace. I know my place is what I say. Yeah. So <laughs> that's a good one. Uh, yeah, just, just survive that climb. And that climb just makes you question everything right it away. It does. It does. Like, what I am remember I doing? last year I was like, I was like, Jess, just slow down a tiny bit, a tiny bit. I know I didn't want to tell you that because I needed a push, but when you took a step, I took a step. I was right behind you, right on. If, if you would have stopped, I would have ran right into you because I was, <laughs> I was just looking at your feet, and I mean that's all you can look at because the yeah. incline was insane. But yeah, that that climb, um, I, I I say it all the time, but it slaps you in the face <laughs> as soon as you get on it. That's just unreal. And then yeah, you get towards the top of the single track part of the climb, and then it's just all mud and in this brush, and I like I probably look like a newborn deer my legs are just flailing everywhere <laughs> using my poles to try keep me upright and um, I didn't awesome. fall on the climb so I mean there's that but yeah it was not pretty getting through that mud right away um but yeah I got to dry fork um about the same time as last year I think it was maybe 10 minutes slower which I was just fine with because I was trying to take it easy um and again, didn't have any crew or pacer. I had no crew for this race. I just had a pacer for 70 miles. Um, but yeah, I'm running into Dry Fork and I hear somebody yell my name and it's Teresa from the Black Hills. And I'm like, hey, you want to crew me here? And she's like, sure. <laughs> so she hops in and finds my drop bag while I go to the bathroom and um, pretty much. And then, yeah, all of a sudden you were in there too. And and just point out my things in my drop bag for you guys to get for me and helps a lot when you don't have to worry about, you know, yeah. grab that. And that, that's what I love about the community. It's like, you know, everyone out there is willing to help you in one way or the other, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, me and Teresa, so it was easy for us, you to ask us like, Hey, come over and help me out right quick. But you know, it's like anyone would have came in and helped you out. I, yeah. I feel oh, yeah. I'm sure a volunteer really cool. would have maybe done something, but for sure. you know, volunteers are also busy filling water bottles and whatnot, but um, but yeah, I felt great there, uh, left. I don't think I put sunscreen on there because uh -oh. it was about to rain. <laughs> like it was starting <laughs> to sprinkle. So I grabbed my rain jacket instead and I flew out of there. And then like a mile down the road, all of a sudden the, the sun came out and I'm like, shoot, and I'm like, <laughs> just get, get to Kern's cow camp and get sunscreen on. <laughs> That's all I could think of. So, and yeah, I got to Kern's cow camp and asked for sunscreen and she hosed me down pretty good. Um, she gave me a lot, like she gave me the lotion to put on my face, but she gave me a lot of lotion and like, well, I guess I'll just wipe it on my legs, but my legs are already covered in mud. So it's like, they don't need sunscreen. On. <laughs> you had a blocker. Everybody did. <laughs> I made a joke, something about like, you know, how pigs roll in the mud to, to that's their sunscreen. So that's what I was doing. <laughs> in the mud. Um, I don't think I had fallen at that point either yet. So. Um, okay. It wasn't until after there that I had my first fall and that was a good splat and mud everywhere. <laughs> what do you do? You just get up and yep. try to, the biggest thing was trying to get the mud off your hands so that you could grab your food and not eat mud while you're trying to grab your food. So I could get that. Yeah. But, and then you also are trying to hold your hiking poles and then you're covering those in mud. So anytime you touch them again, you're touching more mud. Um, so you just start eating mud, I guess. <laughs> it's got to be <laughs> calories in that. 
a little bit of protein. And minerals, maybe. <laughs> yeah, some minerals. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and then I got to Sally's, and um, that's where Jeff was going to meet me to pace me for seventy miles. So um, get down there, and I can't find Jeff. Um, oh, that's no. an issue. <laughs> like oh shoot so I asked volunteer hey can you find my drop bag I'm gonna find a chair over here um about the same time she's coming over to say I can't find your drop bag all of a sudden there's a guy next to me carrying a bucket of dirty water and he looks up and he's like oh shit it's Jeff (laughs) (laughs) so friend Andy had come in probably 10 minutes ahead of me five minutes ahead of me and he was helping her with socks and shoe change so um so yeah, he, he missed me coming in. And um, so then he abandoned Andy to help me because he had my drop bag. He threw stuff in my drop bag for himself too. Um, that was the one thing about having a pacer go 70 miles. Like I, I grabbed some food and stuff from him to throw in my drop bags because he's also running an ultra. He needs his food and whatnot. <laughs> he's insane. Um, <laughs> I, I told him, I'm like, okay, here's pacing plan. Like, you know, last year I came into Sally's at six. I'll probably be there about six o'clock this time. And I'm like, you know, this race goes until eight o'clock the next day. You could be out there for 26 hours. And his, I don't want to say his slowest hundred because he actually ran like 106, 110 miles that time. Yeah. Um, but his longest hundred has been like 22 and a half hours on his feet. So <laughs> I'm like, this is going to be a new time on feet for you yeah and he's like no I'm like yeah do the math it's it's gonna be new time on feet so he's like well okay um yeah got Jeff on our way out of there Andy left with us and um called ourselves um so we did a lot of in the winter you just run a lot of base miles and hopefully you send out texts and anybody want to run and it was pretty much always me Jeff and Andy showing up to run in the you know, negative 20 wind chill and all of that fun stuff, 7 a.m. on a Saturday. Um, <laughs> so we started calling ourselves the Three Amigos. So it's like, hey, the Three Amigos, we're all leaving Sally's together doing this thing. So um, that was fun. Um, Jeff's a great pacer. So we picked up people along the way, like picked off people. So people would join, pop in behind us and just follow our pace. And, um, I love the fact about a pacer. It's kind of like having a podcast. They can interview with the, the runners behind you. Um, <laughs> you can throw in a little interjection, you know, if you have a question here and there, but you know, you get to hear all about this other person without expending any energy and yeah. get a little entertainment around, along the way. So um, that was great. Good for morale. Um, we made that climb up to Jaws in good time. I think we did it in under seven hours. So oh, wow. that was huge. Yeah. Felt good. Um, felt really good. And then I get into Jaws and again into that tent. And then at first I'm like, oh, this is too hot. Don't like it. Um, let's go closer to the door. And then um volunteers like, do you want a blanket? I'm like, I don't know, maybe. I mean, I was running around just in my tank top yet. And then all of a sudden a lady throws like these bean bags at me and she's they're warmed up and she's like, put these under your armpits. I'm like, okay. And I did that and I'm like, ooh. I'm actually really cold. I didn't realize I was cold. <laughs> um, so instead of just grabbing a t-shirt out of my bag, I'm like, Jeff, find, find my long sleeve. I'm going to want that. Um, take my socks and shoes off and let my feet air out a little bit as I sip on my ramen and try to warm up a little bit. Jeff, I have, um, well, then 
with that warming up process. I have um, Renaud's, so uh, my fingers will turn white with some poor circulation and get pretty painful. So they were starting to do that in that tent. So just had to wait for some circulation to come back. Um, I think Jeff said one of his hands was pretty painfully cold too. And he had some thick mittens on at that point. So um, we spent probably, I think about 40 minutes at JAWS just trying to warm up and make sure we were in a good space to, to go. And we were in great space when we got out of there because we were prepared. So I was seeing was a, a lot of people, I was seeing a lot of people leaving JAWS and they were like bundled up and the, I mean, you could see them coming in and then going out. It seems like the, a lot of people were getting really cold on that first, uh, you know, in the first half of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was, I felt fine coming in, but then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, it is actually kind of cold. So mm -hmm. yeah, put on, put on the layers, more layers than what I would usually wear in that kind of weather. But you know, you're 50 miles into a race, um, your body is a little sensitive to everything too at that yeah. point. So yeah. Um, going down, I felt okay. I mean, it was just a lot of slip and slide in that mud again. Mm -hmm. um, you know, catch up to people and take your, there's no really good place to pass. So just wait your turn to find a good place to pass. Um, you know, when we got into spring marsh, tried to make that a quick stop so we could pass quite a few people there. Um, and I had told Jeff beforehand too, with pacing, like, I'm like, I need to eat something every 30 to 45 minutes. So, um, Whenever I picked, when I picked Jeff up, like I never had to think about food. He'd be like, Hey, guess what time it is? Snack time. And <laughs> sing a little song or something like that. And, and pull out my snacks. So, um, I never had to look at my watch, which was great. Um, when we got to spring marsh on the way down, then, um, it was right at dawn. Cause I think I turned my headlamp off when we left there and he's like, what, do, what do we think about caffeine? And like, I feel good now, but you know, when the caffeine kicks in in 90 minutes, it takes, you know, probably 60 minutes for caffeine to kick in. Like we should maybe start now. So, um, he had nicely cut up a hundred milligram or 200 milligram tablets into a hundred milligrams. Cause I think we kind of figured out at black Hills, 200 milligrams was too big of a hit for me. Um, they almost passed out oh, at no. one point, <laughs> uh, might be the caffeine to blame for that or other things but um <laughs> so yeah he did 100 milligram tablets and he just passed me um a little treat every now and then he'd be like hey guess what i got a snack or a treat for you so um turn around and grab a tablet one time i just reached back and he's like had to find my hand and place the tablet in my hand as we kept moving because you know jeff's goal was not to have me stop at all and like well i'm not gonna stop for this tablet then just chuck it in my hand and we'll get it down <laughs> Um, and yeah, that caffeine plan worked great. Like I never got nauseous, um, felt good the whole time. Yeah. Never felt super tired. So, um, it worked good. We got to Sally's, uh, tried to make it a quick one. Um, but you know, it's early morning and the system has to go. So I told Jeff, I'm like, I have to go to the bathroom. Like, I want to make this quick, but I have to go to the bathroom. So it wasn't the quickest stop at Sally's either. Um, and then that's kind of where we were learning too with Jeff running um, 70 miles. He can't exactly crew me while he's also pacing me for 70 miles. Yeah. Um, because he has to fill up all of his waters and get his food. And um, 
fortunate enough, Andy again was running out there. She had her husband crewing um, and he was at that aid station. So he filled up waters for me and uh, got me some sunscreen. I think uh, Jeff maybe grabbed our drop bag, but um, we had so much crap to get rid of at Sally's because you're taking off your lights, you're taking off all your clothes. Mm-hmm. We couldn't fit. All, and I had a huge drop bag. I don't know how many gallons, but a huge drop bag. Yeah, your drop bags are big. <laughs> we couldn't fit all of our stuff combined into my drop bag. Oh gosh. Um, so, so Josh is like, I'll just take your bags, both of your bags for you. And um, so we didn't have to worry about losing Jeff's backpack with, because he, uh, yeah, he wears glasses. Um, so we didn't have to worry about losing his glasses because we'd need those glasses later to get home. Yeah. When he's driving. <laughs> <laughs> um, kind of important stuff. Um, yeah. And then you start that awful climb out of Sally's. And I, yeah. I think, you know, last year, if I had tried to leave Sally's to get to Dry Fork, I don't know if I would have ever gone back to Bighorn because that, that climb is just awful. That is a very, you think that the first one is bad, but the first one is bad. And I think the first one's worse, but you're fresh. Mm-hmm. You got 70 miles on your legs before you hit that one. And that's a, I don't know how tall it is, but Straight it's up. a thousand it's, foot, a thousand foot per mile or something like that. Yeah. It's, I think it's at least 3000 feet climbing in three miles. Yeah. Wow. So, it's insane. It's awful. And then you have all the 50 milers are catching up to you and they're running it and like, how the heck do you run this? Yeah. <laughs> um, we started the climb and like I had was eating like a tortilla roll up from the aid station. And I actually had to spit out what I was eating. Cause I just, I have this thing, I can't really chew and run. Um, I have, yeah. So most of the time I eat just uh kind of pureed type food. Um, unless I'm walking, then I can kind of chew, but I couldn't chew and run up that or walk up that hill. So I told Jeff, I'm like, um, we're going to scrap the whole eating plan right now because um, he didn't want me to stop any of my, my momentum going up that hill. So I told him like, yeah, if you want me to keep moving? I can't eat. So he's like, okay. I'm like, yeah, we'll just make it to that aid station and eat. We did find a flatter spot and he let me stop on the trail and eat something real quick so I could keep going. Nice. Um, but yeah, once we got to that I think it's what bear camp the one yeah. where they bring the horses in yep um we got there found a log to sit on i had to move it away from the fire because i didn't want the heat but found a log <laughs> to sit on to, to finish my wrap that i had brought with me from sally's <laughs> question some life choices again and then get on the trail and get out of there um i kind of started to hit a low point after that though because i just didn't feel like i was moving fast enough or moving at all um Jeff told me I was um I think he stepped off for a side trail real quick and that's like the first time I looked at my watch in a long time um and did a little quick math and realized I'm gonna have time to get to like I'll get to dry fork before cutoff um but also realized that if I wanted to have a shot at finishing the whole race that I needed to get to dry fork ahead of well ahead of cutoff Mm -hmm. um so yeah, started pushing as much as I could on those climbs. Um, I like to say I probably only ran five miles of that whole race. <laughs> I did a lot of power <laughs> hiking, um, but Jeff never yelled at me to to run because um, 
my power hike. Sometimes he was jogging to keep up with my power hike. So, yeah, um, I feel like that's a skill people don't practice. And that's I mean, a very important skill. Yeah. And people don't yeah. practice it. Yeah. If you can, if you can power hike, yeah, you can get that thing done. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, it's more efficient for me. Like, it, I don't know if it's the altitude, if that's why running felt hard or what, but yeah, power hiking was just more, more efficient for me. So I just kept at it. Um, I'd run the downhills, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit of flat, but it was yeah mostly all power hiking. And we got to dry fork. What is the cutoff for that one? Is it two o'clock, three o'clock? Maybe? Yeah, I think it's three. Three, three is cutoff. So we got there probably at two fifteen, about forty-five minutes before cutoff. Um, and I told him on that little hill on the incline on the way up, I'm like, my feet feel like crap. Um, I would love new socks, but new socks aren't going to fix anything at this point. Um, so let's just get water, get food, get sunscreen, get out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we spent a whole four minutes at dry fork, wow. which is record breaking for me. Yeah. I uh, saw you guys and I asked, do you guys need anything? And Jeff was just like, oh no, we're just going to get water and get out of here. And so yeah. like, and then I, I went up there a couple minutes later and you guys were gone. I was like, oh, they weren't playing. <laughs> no, yeah. I think, um, I think Josh, so Andy's husband had uh, seen us before you did too. So I think he was in there and he filled up my waters for me and um yeah we walk in and um to check in and they're like oh you have to check with medic and um jeff says something about she's doing 17 mile minute miles she's just fine she doesn't need medical clearance and um, (laughs) i see the first medical person and just like i need sunscreen and that's about the only interaction i had with medical there um got my sunscreen, got my food, got my water. And again, I think I got out of there before Jeff was, he was still filling up his waters and like, I'm, I'm out, you come catch up, which is no problem for Jeff to catch up. But um, yeah, we had, um, so I, I, I pasted the race as well. I did, I don't know, 36, 37 miles, whatever it was, but we had a pretty good plan at aid stations. Um, he would drink the rest of his water bottles mm-hmm. right before we got to the aid station. And I would tell him, you grab food and just keep walking. I'm going to fill your water bottles. I'm going to fill my water bottles. I'm going to get my food and then I'll run and catch up to you. So with him drinking the rest of his water, like he's, he's good. He gets yeah. what he needs at the aid station real quick and gets out. And it's like, that works so well. Yeah. Um. And, and it kind of seems like you're doing somewhat of the same thing. And I, I like yeah. that because. You know, the pacer can all, well, I don't know about Jeff when you're doing 70 miles, but the pacer can usually, (laughs) usually (laughs) uh, catch up to, to the runner, but it worked out really well. I think doing it that way. Yeah. So still we left there, what, three at two, two twenty ish about then. So in my head, I'm doing, okay, I have five and a half hours to go 18 miles and like, that's faster than 20 minute miles. I'm like, I don't know if I can do that, but um, I knew I could get to upper sheep before cutoff. I didn't know if I would make that um, cutoff at mile 95 or not, but you know, you, you just keep going because you don't know if you don't go. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, power hiking and jogging that gravel road out of there. And then we hit a little incline and I keep hiking and then Jeff gets a little bit too cheerleader on me. <laughs> um, 
So Jeff paced me for my first hundred um, at Black Hills. He paced me um, when I hit a wall at mile 80 and then um, he got a little bit on my nerves there. It was very good, but a little bit on my nerves. Um, he, had, he had told the story about when he ran Mankato Marathon uh, one year, they had like psychology students going around on the bike saying like motivational phrases to the runners. And um, he did not find it motivational at all. And so during the Black Hills 100, um, I waited. So it was, I had, I was crewed at the Elk Creek Trailhead and then Jeff, my pacer, and then Amanda, who is my crew chief, they hiked me up to the actual aid station at Elk Creek and I took more time there. On the way up there, Jeff does his little two cheerleader thing on me. And I finally said with Amanda there, so um, maybe it was more, you know, I had a witness at least. I said, <laughs> um, you're starting to sound like those psychology students. And he's like, oh, I'm surprised you haven't put that trekking pole through me yet. <laughs> um, so, so he, he got a little quieter after that, which was just fine. So, awesome. um, but yeah, this time at Bighorn, we were probably, we were over 50 miles in and he got a little too cheerleader. And I told him, I'm like, Jeff, you can be quiet now. And he just knew. Like, okay. <laughs> okay. We're, we both probably smirked a little. We're like, Hey, he made it 50 miles before he got annoyed. <laughs> a new record um so yeah he was still good about you know telling me to eat and drink um although you know I had doubts about whether I would make it apparently he started having some doubts about whether or not I would make it because he stopped eating and drinking with four hours to go mm. um and then he starts giving me some talks about you just go you just leave me I'm like what does he think I'm gonna like start running eight minute miles or what <laughs> turns out he was, wasn't sure if he was going to pass out or not because he hadn't been eating or drinking anything. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, that, oh, and again, that after the upper sheep, you have that stupid little itty bitty tiny hill that's straight up before you get to go down. Yeah, a little half mile bump. <laughs> yeah. That was stupid. Yeah. Um, you forget about fun. it until you're running or going up it. <laughs> yeah. I swear it wasn't this steep when I came down. Um, somehow made it up there and then I started jogging and Jeff maybe took a side trail because I'm like where'd my pacer go he's supposed to tell me to do something now but he caught up um gosh I think he had changed shoes at Sally's and I know I had told him there was going to be mud the rest of the way he didn't uh, either he didn't hear me or he didn't believe me that it was going to be muddy um and yeah it was super muddy again the whole way Fully down. I think there was more mud on the way down out than there was on the way back, or uh, on the way back than there was on the way out. So they maybe had some rain overnight mm. or something, because mm. uh, there were mud puddles there on Saturday that weren't there on Friday. Because um, yeah, I kept saying, "Hey, look, more mud." <laughs> Jeff was kind of annoyed. <laughs> like I gave her too much caffeine. She's too happy. I kept hearing the mud too. That was a uh, a funny. <laughs> it's like. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we, we go down that hill. That's big hill that you climb the first day. Um, I'm not really running it. I'm not walking it either. I, I told Jeff, I'm like, I think I'm just falling down and somehow getting one foot in front of the other before I actually like somersault down the hill, but whatever it was, it was forward progress. So, um, 
I kept looking at my watch trying to do math and anytime I looked at my watch it's like hours had gone by but you know no miles had ticked by so I'm like I'm not gonna do it not gonna make it and then all of a sudden we come up on the lower sheep which is about mile 93 ish um I look at my watch and did a little math and like I'm gonna do this thing like I was about to cry there because I'm like I'm actually gonna finish this thing um quick got some water and got out of there and uh yeah finally hit that road at mile 95 and um I think I had worked out if I did 20 minute miles I would have finished under cutoff yet but Jeff is like let's go I'm like screw you <laughs> I just wanted to walk this thing in and he's trying to he's still pushing me to do at least 15 minute miles and oh wow um I think he was more ready to be done than I was <laughs> he was uh, he was kind of over bighorn at that point i bet yep he was happy to be on a gravel road and out of the mud so um so yeah i got a freeze pop from that unofficial official aid station mm -hmm. with like two miles to go that tasted amazing um i don't know how many times i almost cried because i knew i was gonna make it and then yeah i got to that park and finally just ran it in and as so good to be done yeah get it over with so just let it all out then <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that no no i mean i don't cry at all in life um but yeah all of a sudden running 100 miles well your body goes bit. through a lot and emo it you know and emotionally it's a it's a huge thing and you know it's like it was so cool to watch you finish especially being out there last year and, and, you know, knowing what happened and then, you know, talking to you all year and like we, we went back and forth on different stuff and being out there this year and, you know, watching you accomplish it. It was, it was amazing. And I was, I was super happy that I was able to see it and it was cool. Yeah. And I was glad to have friends there to share with. So. Yeah. Yeah. And was... somebody who could take care of me and Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, hey, go get my truck. Go find all of our bags. Go do this. It was fun. No, I, I that's what I was there for. I was there to to be that person. So it was fun. It was cool. And I got to hand you your buckle. So I thought that yeah. was even cool too. I was pretty excited right? for that. That's special. That was special. <laughs> that was neat. That was cool. Well, hey, uh, I know there is something that's happened that's that's like an embarrassing story. <laughs> I I need to I need to hear it. You've done two well you've done 300s you've done uh multiple 100ks 50 milers like you have a plethora of ultra marathons under your belt there's got to be a story out there of something embarrassing and our audience wants to hear it i don't know if i could say something that's like truly embarrassing because you know everything that happens on the trail happens to somebody at some point, usually. I mean, we've um, had someone who ran with their twig and berries out of their waistband because they were chafing on a 50 <laughs> mile race. Uh, I mean, we had someone who pees on a bike. <laughs> I know. What so you it's like, do. I feel like it, it, it's out there. You might as well. <laughs> um, but, but what, what year? I think that was 20. Last year was 2022. So it must've been in 2021. Um, there's a race down in Iowa, Hitchcock, mm -hmm. and it's in December. 
um, which, you know, changes snow because it's Iowa. And so in 2021, they had probably two or three inches of snow um, the night before the race. And I do their 101K, which is you run a half marathon. So they have a half marathon, 50 mile, 100 mile, and this 101K, the hard way is what they call it. Um, and so the half marathon and the 100 miles start at five in the morning on Saturday. And then the 50 mile starts at nine at night on Saturday. Um, and for the 101K, you run the half marathon and then you go run the 50 miles. So it's kind of split. Um, the half marathon went great in the morning. Um, the 50 mile was going great. Um, the thing is, so it's Hitchcock is a lot of straight up and straight down. Um, it's a 12 and a half mile loop with 2,500 feet of gain per loop. So for the wow. 50 mile, you end up with 10,000 feet of gain. Wow. Um, with the snow, um, just kind of made some of those downhills sketchy. And so the safest, fastest way for me to get down was just to slide down on my butt. Um, and I did three loops to no problem. Um, during my third loop of the 50K, 50 mile, that went fine. Came into the main aid station and you can use the visitor center there. Um, you can go in, get warmed up, um, use an actual bathroom, um, which I was doing that. And we have a bunch of Sioux Falls people in charge of the main aid station. So it's just like seeing friends and having your friends crew you, um, which is great. So I asked some friends, hey, can you fill up my waters? Uh, get me my mashed potato Slurpee. I'm gonna hit the bathroom. I go in the bathroom um, and all of a sudden I hear a voice follow me. And she's like, Jess, um, you have a hole in the back of your shorts. <laughs> you have another pair of shorts with you. <laughs> So all that, all that sliding down in the, um, in the snow, apparently I found a twig or something, ripped a hole in the back of my shorts. Um, so yeah, I had an extra pair of shorts uh, that I could change into, changed into them and came out. I'm like, that's why nobody passed me last loop. Everybody was enjoying the view back there. <laughs> was it a big, I mean, was it a pretty massive hole or what? I don't know if it was, I mean, noticeable enough that she saw it, but I don't know. <laughs> Um, so then I got a little self-conscious after on the last loop about every time I slid down, I like felt back there, I put another hole in them. And then like halfway through that loop, I, yeah, I found a hole in it in my, in my next pair of shorts. Oh, no. um, so when I ran into that aid station, I just asked for like some toilet paper or something to throw, just something to block. I don't know the view make me feel a little safer. I don't know. <laughs> there's, there's no reason why to do that, but that's what I did was throw some paper back there. That's Something. awesome. But, You're uh, actually yeah. the course record holder, aren't you, on that race? I am. <laughs> <laughs> I say that it's a little skeptical, but I, I am the only women, woman who has won that distance at that race so far. Have you um, won it outright had, or? Kind of, yes. So the first year, yes, there were what, four or there were probably five or six other women who raced it. Um, and you didn't know, like with the half marathon and the 50 mile and loops, you don't know where you're at. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I knew there was one girl who I, I'm pretty sure ran the half marathon much faster than I did. And I mean, I'm not out there to race anyway. I'm just trying to figure out what I'm doing here. Yeah. And um, when I finished, the guy gives me the trophy and I'm like, but there was a girl who was faster. Like we should wait for her to come in. But um, turned out I, I ran that fast 50 mile 
um, fast enough by one minute. So oh, I'll nice. sign up. I have her beat by one minute for that. Nice. Um, my mom says when she came in, she glared at me. And so <laughs> that was a little incentive when I saw that she signed up for 2020. I'm like, well, let me show you how I did it again. So I signed up because I saw she signed up. <laughs> uh, um, but then, yeah, 2020, it was canceled again. So then 2021, I showed up, ran the half marathon. Um, and then I'm eating my big brunch after that, before I go take a nap, before I start the 50 mile. And they actually shared results of the, the 100K people who had run the half. And I was the only girl who showed up to run that year. So um, pretty much I had to just finish the race and I'd win and um, they gave me the trophy, but I broke my record from the year before by 70 minutes. So, wow. Yeah, it's a good That's year. Awesome. I mean, that was the year of the snow. You slide down on your butt, throw some <laughs> holes in your pants, and yeah. win a race. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's so. awesome. Well, hey, uh, you know, typically we ask our guests a couple questions. Um, you know, who is someone that inspires you that we should have on the podcast? And um, I know we we've had a lot of uh, had a, <laughs> a lot, lot of my friends. Yeah, a lot of Turns your friends. Turns out I know a lot of cool people, though. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, I don't Let's... know that I could list them all. <laughs> um, but I'm gonna echo some names that I know people have said already. Um, one would be um, Jeffrey Lemaire. Um, he's in the South Dakota Boxing Hall of Fame, but he ran his first hundred. I think at 66 was his first 100 mile finish. Um, He's got all the stories, so he's yeah, a he's, great guy. he's super awesome. Like I spent a lot of time running with him just because I, he was just such a talker and had some cool yes. stories. And I was like, yeah, this guy is, uh, he's lived a life. I'll say that. And yeah. I, I mean, I'm That's sure. He, yeah. He's still running. So it's, it's going to be a yeah. lot longer, but I'm just saying like up until this point, he's lived an awesome life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Brian Harms would be another one I would, I would do just again. Another guy who can keep me entertained for hours on end on long runs. Um, yeah, Brian has already done one. He is coming out here it. shortly. So Perfect. by the time that yours comes out, Brian's will already have aired. Perfect. Well, how yeah. about that? He hasn't told me that. He's missed that story. <laughs> He's kept run. it a secret. <laughs> yeah, he has. Um, and then uh, the wandless is Emily and Ryan. You know, both yep. Of them. Yep. Um, they live busy them. lives, and it's like yeah. I'll, I'd like to hit them up in the summertime, but em, that's when Emily runs, and then yeah. it's like, okay, well, we'll wait till things calm down in the winter time, and that's when Ryan runs. So it's like, yeah. I need to get both of them on and just just have them on. Yeah. <laughs> tell us about your summer adventures, and then tell us about your winter adventures. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then something a little bit like outside of like our Sioux Falls, South Dakota, Black Hills people um somebody cool i think would be jody seminal she's from omaha area um she just finished hard rock last this last month um and she's done Cocodona and moab too i know so oh, wow um, she's won the hitchcock 100 i forget how many years they've done it she's won it all but one year for the female too so um she was third at black hills in 2022 He's a yeah, great cool. runner. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Awesome. Um, and then people that you'll be meeting next month, I think would be cool would be Chase and Casey Hammond. Um, 
So I met them, they put on the Cowboy 200 race. Um, and they'll be, they put on the Hell Creek, which you're running next month. So Uh-oh, nice. giving so, away my secrets. I haven't, told, I haven't told anybody yet. <laughs> you, you put it on Instagram. I know, I know. Uh, I'm actually, uh, we're having Chase on the the podcast. Yep. He's going to come on awesome. and talk, talk. So yeah, it'd be cool. Awesome. See, you already know all the cool people. Yeah, you know. <laughs> um, and then something maybe a little bit, you know, cause you guys do a little bit of everything. I have an aunt who, um, does volunteer search and rescue in this Northern Seattle area. And she's, um, actually done some training for canine with one of her dogs too. So oh, yeah, that'd be really cool. Either her or somebody in her because I don't know if she would actually be willing to do a podcast, but somebody in her circle certainly would, you know, for, you know, what do we need to learn to know when we run trails? Yeah, no, that'd be, uh, that's actually really good. That's a really good idea. Thanks for that. So. What yeah. kind of, uh, what kind of gear are you using? Um, well, I, I'm pretty much a Hoka loyalist. <laughs> when I'm not running, I'm wearing my Hoka slides. Nice. Um, live in those things um i pretty much almost exclusively wear my challengers when i'm trail running which um i know they're more of an all-terrain shoe and not the grippiest jeff gives me crap because i ran all of bighorn in in my challengers um uh, end of the day mud is mud and you know you're not going to get any traction yeah yeah mud out there so mine clogged up and became slicks <laughs> exactly. so um but they're just what my feet are happiest in so yeah. challengers i do a little bit of the torrents for some speed work um have yet to find a road shoe i love so i just don't run on the roads much <laughs> don't have a shoe don't run on the road yeah nothing wrong with that right yeah um and then socks i love the Bolega socks um that's all i want is Bolega socks they make my feet the happiest unfortunately nice. my store's doesn't carry them but i was visiting rapid and walked into the black hills running company and first thing i saw was the bodegas i definitely stocked up there that's awesome um and then shorts um i love my sunita athletics shorts so they're pretty much they make some men's apparel but they're pretty much a women's only online uh brand and um yeah, running those things. I had zero chafe for a hundred miles at Bighorn. Nice. 34 hours and 36 minutes, zero chafe. There you go. Um, I wear their uh yeah, seven inch um kind of like a biker short just because I have thunder thighs. So we need to not chafe. <laughs> Otherwise my <laughs> legs will clap for me when I run and we don't need that. <laughs> Robbie, what did your sister call them? Was it the turkey? <laughs> It was what you know, because I thought it was a turkey call or turkey, <laughs> but it was her thighs. I can't remember what we called that. I don't know. I just remember she was talking about yeah. you hearing this this turkey goblin, and she was like, "I don't hear anything," and it turned out it was her thighs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What are the shorts called again? What does she need to get? Uh, Sunita Athletics. I guess Sunita Athletics. There you go. I'll let her. I'll let her know. Yeah, the Rio. Lux, I think, is what the brand name is. So nice. They're the good ones. Um, and then, yeah, a Solomon pack is what I'm using for a pack. So um, I just got an ad, uh, an advanced skin. Wore it for one run on a 90-degree day. And, like, that's a little thicker than my active skin. So we'll just save that for practicing in the winter. And hopefully 
slowly get accustomed to that next spring summer yeah i think it 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 is a it's kind of a shock when you get to when you get on the advanced skin but i think once you get used to it it's kind of like i have an active skin and an advanced skin and i wear my active skin on like shorter runs and i'm like i don't like this at all i want my advanced skin back and so um yeah i'm just kind of glued glued to my advanced skin so i think once you get used to it you probably won't be able to go back just don't start out on a 90 degree day with it on. Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> <laughs> a little suffocating at that point. Yeah, very true. Very true. So, and then hiking poles. Um, I got mine. I think they're Trekology. They were like 40 bucks on Amazon and they work great. So Perfect. Perfect. That's what's awesome. Aluminum with the cork handles. That's about all I, yeah, lightweight with cork. Nice. Nice. Awesome. Well, hey Jess, uh, where where can people find you? Where can people follow your adventures? And yeah, um, so I'm on Instagram. That's my main go to. Um, Jess Walhoff, I think, is my handle. Um, <laughs> I also I also have another one, uh, Jess Walhoff Broadcasting Network. Um, just because I do a lot of crewing and pacing for my friends, and um, I would take over my Instagram page and my Facebook page, personal pages with that, and. A friend made a joke about, hey, the Jess Walhoff Broadcasting Network is on. Awesome. My favorite thing. <laughs> so I so I just made a an Instagram page just for when I'm posting yeah. posting with that races. So um yeah, if you just want to follow the races I go to, I would say Jess Walhoff Broadcasting Network. Otherwise, Jess Walhoff, if you like mediocre poetry about running, you know. I wouldn't say it's mediocre. The poetry is on point. I don't know about it that. It is on point. Uh, she how how long was your race recap through different pictures? Um, how many parts was it? Wow, gosh, I think there were at least twelve different parts posted on Instagram. It was an eight-page word document. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I always see these memes, and I always send them to Brian too because Brian likes yes. to write the longest race recaps, which. You know, to each his own. And he actually said in his podcast that he he's like, man, I love writing it on paper, but actually talking about it, it's a little bit different. But I just think it's funny. I send all these memes and it's like, well, you'll see the race, you know, a picture of the race and then you see the race recap. And it's like this scholarly deal. It's just it's super funny. <laughs> no, I love it. Was down uh, in 100 miles, so. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. I enjoyed reading it. I couldn't remember if it was I thought it was like 12 or 13. But yeah, it's cool. It's awesome. Well, Jess, thanks so much for coming on. Um, I'm super happy and very proud of you that I'm super happy that I got to be there and I'm super proud uh, of you coming back and tackling the race that, you know, that kind of ate your lunch on the first, first try. And so um, you came back, you got some redemption um, and I'm excited to see what's, what's up next for you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs>